The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. And welcome to the Full Time Whistle. We're down here at the Civic Hotel in Inglewood. Uh, Kalichi Osama is my name. I've got Josh Chai at the World's Greatest Man. Josh, how are you? You well? Oh my God, I'm now the world's greatest man. The world's man. greatest man. This is getting to a level I simply can't measure up to. We've taken a survey and there is uh, no one in the world greater than yourself. There is someone who is more of a Mr. Football than you though, and that is Tommy Dolman. Tommy, Perth's very own Mr. Football. How are you, mate? You well? I'm good, Kalechi. Thank you for the introduction. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Chin chin indeed. Uh, yes, as I said, we are down here at the Civic uh, Hotel in Inglewood. We've just seen a dramatic day of football. You might not have been at the most dramatic of games, but I'm sure a whole lot happened. Um, gentlemen, you were both down at the first versus second clash between Bays, Water City and Perth Red Star. Um, Josh, tell us about the game. What, what, what kind of happened? What was the ebb and flow of the match? It's become a bit of a, a rule, isn't it? It's the, the, the Tommy and Josh rule that if we go down to a game, it's going to be a bit dire. Uh, I don't think it was as ordinary as uh, the, the previous Bayswater game we watched, although that one had a, a late winner. Uh, so Red Star really had most of the ball in this game and Bayswater you described as a professional performance that got put together by they put a professional performance at home at home a professional performance at home they weren't able to keep the clean sheet it was 1-1 Daryl Nichols scored a penalty after Ndubba Makeche's opener and that opener was absolutely bog standard for a team playing in a low mid block they've robbed the ball off Red Star playing out on a halfway lightning counter-attack and it's ended up with Ndumba Makeche sliding it past Sonny Inzalako in goals. Uh, Crucial he, question, did he do the gritty when he scored? What was the celebration? I didn't see the celebration. What did you see, Tommy? I can't remember. I can't remember. Sorry, Kalichi. I'll have to go check it out and see what he scored. But yeah, that's that's irrelevant. Come back to the, to the game, Josh. So Red Star got the equaliser. They had most of the ball. They've hit the post, chopped out, hit the crossbar. Uh, but they just couldn't seem to actually break into Bayswater's penalty area. It was almost like the fortress got set up outside there, marshaled by Declan Hargreaves at the base of centre midfield. And uh, the, the the very solid centre-back pairing they're starting to develop with Jason Mirko and Jackson Stevens. Uh, J- I mean, Jason Mirko looks like a rock at the back. You probably never would have said that, knowing that he's played about every other position on the pitch he's before he's gone. So- so there. good and so handsome. Is there anything he can't do? I bet he's like he Virgil van Dyke and, and he probably smells great as well. <laughs> and uh, at the end, uh, Gordon Smith goes off for a second yellow card, a rash challenge uh, inside his own half. I bet Daryl Nickel loved that. Was he clapping when it happened? Was he was he was he giving the referee a thumbs up and saying, "Yep, great decision." You might hear a little bit of uh, Daryl's thoughts about the decision later in the game and the ongoing battle, which Daryl seems to really have the upper hand in between uh, himself and his fellow Scott Gordon Smith. Um, 
but surprisingly it was Bayswater who actually had the best chance to win the game. Gustavo Cataccione, who's kind of been the Adonis Haslam of the Bayswater side for most of the year, he Love came the off the bench. Reference. Thank you. Yep. He came off the bench and turned a couple of Red Star players on the edge of the box later back for John Steins. Would have been a, a really unusual way to cap the game given how much time Bayswater had spent defending. But Sonny Inzalako and goals steps up with really a, a point-saving save. And get this, so the goalkeeping situation at Red Star at the moment is Liam Reddy was away for a wedding or something like that on the East Coast. He was on a trip. We've seen the pictures of him and the Glory Boys having a great time <laughs> at the Far Post, Perth. So uh, good job, Liam. Uh, Riley Stevenson's still out for something like two months with the injury that enabled them to get Liam Reddy in in the first place on the injury replacement deal. Uh, Joe Pollard's gone off to Kingsway where he's currently the, the second goalkeeper behind David Keenan, so we'll, we'll get to that. Um, the uh, reserves goalkeeper has come up with COVID. Jeepers. So, uh, Sonny <laughs> so you Zola- would have gotten a run at goal then for them. So, well, yeah, I mean, back in the day, they may have been able to loan me, right? So... Sonny Inzalako, who is the under-18s keeper, who's turning 16 in November. So, still 15 for quite a while yet. He's that man in goals. is half our ages, guys. He's in goals, and he's made a point, point-saving save. As Tommy was saying before, he really didn't have a lot to do for most of the game. He was watching the ball up the other end of the pitch. He's watching Andy Higgins getting frustrated, falling over outside the 18-yard box, unable to break through Bayswater's defensive wall. And uh, he's come up with a really, really, really special save to keep uh, keep Bayswater from grabbing all three. So well done to Sonny Inzalako. Interestingly, another 15-year-old, 15, 16-year-old Theo Leeming came off the bench for Red Star as well. You do look and they've got you know, somewhat of a, a thin squad, but at the same time, they're bringing through junior players who seem to be able to compete at that level. A, a shout out as well to the lad they had. They actually, their under 16s goalkeeper then was on the bench behind Sonny and Zalako, and he'd already played the 18s and 20s games early in the day. That's how thin the stocks were at Redstock. Tommy, you were on call for the game, mate. So, was there anything else, anything that you wanted to like say that you noticed or you saw? Um, was it surprising to you that Bayswater kind of conceded all or ceded all possession? Uh, no, not particularly because it became pretty apparent what their intention was quite early. I think the plan was clearly to ensure that at all costs we are not going to be beaten by a long ball straight down the middle, which Daryl Nickel or Chuck Dow are going to run onto. That was clearly the plan. So what you would often see is Bayswater would lose possession and they would retreat with their flat back four quite deep, almost just outside of their own 18-yard box. And that would mean that there's no room for that ball to be played over the top. And instead, the ball was coming inside to, to the likes of Andy Higgins to Tom Hoff, who had a pretty good game on the day, and to Declan Hughes. Um, but then the likes of Declan Hargreaves and Cameron Edwards um, were also um, uh, very good on the day as well. And they kind of smothered that that midfield as well. Tom Hoff, Tom Hoff later came off with a with an arm injury as well. Um, but yeah, a little bit of a frustrating day for Red Star, I suppose. They had more of the ball. They probably had the better of the chances in general. But Bayswater... Um, had a clear game plan, they executed it, and the point was good enough to keep them top of the league. It's it's another good result for Bayswater, Tommy, considering the fact that they've had... I mean, they, they just had to play some really top 
top teams in tough games, right? They've had Sterling, they've had an inform Armadale, and now they've come out with Red Star. So they've got to be delighted to to be picking up points, especially considering where we thought that they were going to be at the start of the season as well. Uh, well, yeah, I mean they're undefeated in seven games now. Um, that's the cut and thrust of it. They're They've, we've, they've played nine and they lost their first two and they've picked up five wins and two draws since. So, look, I'm sure Bayswater would have absolutely ripped your arm off to be at the, in the position that they are now coming into the season, particularly after those two early losses. Um, but it is still so tight and you just wonder whether with a little bit more ambition today that this could have provided a real opportunity for them to go and get um, three points, which would have put them um, that little bit further clear of, of the chasing pack. I think it would have, um, like, like Josh said, they had that opportunity through Steins late on, but they didn't really test the goalkeeper throughout the day, which I don't know whether they were they identified that it was the, the under-18s goalkeeper or not, or knew a lot about him. But um, yeah, possibly a little bit disappointing from that perspective, but I think you've got to credit them as well for the resolve they showed and the execution of the game plan, which they clearly had. Well, final final words on this game from both of you before we listen to that interview with Darren Nicholl. Who do you think is going to be happier with with the result? Oh, Bayswater, without a doubt. Uh, they, they stay on top of the league. Um, I, I think they would come out of the game knowing that Red Star had the better of them as, as a footballing team, but they came out with a game plan and it almost worked to perfection if Steins had scored that one. Uh, the, the, the late chance that he had, it would have been a bit of a smash and grab. I think they'll be really happy with the point at home against Red Star. Well, look, their next game is Olympic Kingsway uh, away from home. Then they've got Perth SC and then they've got Sorrento as well. So completely like juxtaposed for the results that they've had previously or the games they've had previously where it was Red Star, it was Armadale, and I'm pretty sure it was Sterling as well. Um, but still, no, no let up from this league as well. Um, and you think that also... Red Star will be the most frustrated team or the, or the team that left that result thinking, ah, oh, we could have had more? Yeah, uh, not, nothing really further to add to what Josh said. I think, I think Bayswater definitely would be happy with the point for sure. Cool. Look, we will now transition to uh, an interview with uh, Darren Nickel, who had some shots <laughs> at goal and at, uh, at Gordon Smith as well. So I uh, enjoy this interview coming up. Josh and Tommy here with the Perth Football Podcast. We're with the deadliest marksman in the NPL WA men's competition, Daryl Nickel. He got on the score sheet today, but he couldn't nab a win for uh, Perth Red Star. 1-1 draw against Bayswater. Daryl, what did you make of that game? It seemed like you had a lot of the ball, but you struggled to break him down. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Um, it felt like just one team uh, tried to score, another team kind of just... Uh, waiting to pounce on a mistake really so um, they kind of just sat behind the ball didn't really come out at all so it's, it's difficult to play against that it's not easy um, we like to try and get in behind and they were quite compact but we still had chances I hit the post uh, Marks has cleared a couple off the line um, so I think they're a really strong performance I think they were top of the league at the start of the day um, so we came here and absolutely dominated the game um, so we'll take a point How frustrating was it not having that Room to run in behind. Yourself and Chock love that. Um, but they were very determined, very organised with those sort of two banks of four and really frustrated you. So you did get a little bit more joy down the flanks, especially when Theo came on. But how hard was that just to adjust in game? Because obviously I'm sure you expected one thing, but against the league leaders, but obviously it panned out maybe differently. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You kind of uh, turn up at their home ground expecting uh, 
expecting a bit of a, um, a contest in terms of maybe uh, some end-to-end -end football they'll, they'll come and have a go but didn't really expect them to sit in the way they did so um, it's quite it's frustrating to play against but you've got to deal with that we're, we're a team that um, keeps a lot of possession and most teams try and sit in against us so we have to try and break that down um, and you're just hoping for one of those ones to go in I, think, I thought we we did create some some half chances and, and we looked extremely comfortable during the game but um, that one that hits the post or the one that gets cleared off the line if that goes in it's maybe a different story but um, nah we'll take the points in a way game um, against a top team so take it You've, you've had your 7-1 your wins, your 6-1 wins. You've also had frustrating games like this and a couple of defeats as well. Is it frustrating for the team that you can't seem to, to put in that attacking performance every week when you know how strong and how dangerous that you can be in those games where you really blow teams out of the water? Yeah, it, that's our strength, obviously, and uh, it's our attacking game, but everybody knows that. So every team we come up against will, will sit men behind the ball because they know that, that that's our strength. So... That's us football. They're trying. To, um, they're not going to let us play uh, play to our strengths. They try and nullify us. Um, so we have to find find ways to work that out. And um, look, I, I, like I say, um, with them going down to ten men, um, which was a red card, um, you come off a little bit disappointed. But an away game, one one, we'll take it. You got ten goals this season as well, Daryl. One from the penalty spot today. Obviously, you had that fantastic year last year. How are you seeing your season personally in comparison with last year? Do you feel you're still sort of hitting the heights and continuing that consistency on from last year? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, maybe just slightly behind last year. But look, uh, it's it's a really you you know you look at the, the the games in this league. It's not like it's five five. It's it's hard to score in this league. Like we've came here, it's one one um, to try and. Uh, keep a ratio of like a goal a game is, is really difficult to do so um, I'm delighted with, with my form so far this season and I'm playing in a team that's just full of uh, good players and it's really enjoyable to, to play in a team with such good players. 15 year old goalkeeper Sonny Inzalako a big save at the end of the game to keep it 1-1 we had Theo Leeming coming off the bench what does it mean seeing uh, some, some of these players from the junior production line that they've got down at Perth Red Star formerly ECU Joondal up coming through? It's incredible. It's incredible to have a 15-year-old on the pitch playing against men in MPL, and it's you know it's the best standard in the state. It's brilliant. And you know if you if you didn't know he was 15, both players, um, you, they didn't look out of place at all. Um, Sonny's kept us in the game there. He's had an unbelievable save at the end. Um, didn't put a foot wrong the whole game. And Theo comes on and, and is electric, and he's a threat. And um, he's young, so he'll, he'll he'll play some games. He'll sit on the bench. He'll come off and, and cause teams problems. Um, but yeah, fantastic prospects. And we know it finished 1-1 between the teams after 90 minutes, but the real score was Daryl Nicol won Gordon Smith nil today, wasn't it? Daryl, give us some thoughts on that. And, and a red card as well for Gordon. Yeah, well, it's, it's standard, isn't it? For, um, I don't know what he's playing at. He's on a book in, he's left the ground. Um, I think because we're dominating so much, he just wants off the pitch, to be honest. But um, yeah, nah, yeah, it's, it's uh, par for the course. Oh, thank you very much, Daryl. A bit of fun to end the night. Hopefully uh, you enjoy your run out next week against Coburn as well. Cheers. Cheers, lads. Thanks. And before we dive back into part two, we just want to send a quick thank you out to Balance and Revive Massage Therapy, our latest sponsors here at the Perth Football Podcast. And if you want to get 10% off remedial and sports massages, just go and say hi uh, from the Perth Football Podcast. Use the code PFP23. Uh, that's PFP23. And you get 10% off all remedial and sports massages at Balance and Revive. You can find them in Carambine at 1 Hobson's Gate. 
Thank you so much to Daryl for that interview. I, uh, before we go around and talk about the rest of the results, well, before we go around and talk, thank you so much to Daryl Nickel for that. Uh, before we go and talk about my game where I was at, um, which was Australia Macedonia versus Perth Glory, which was third and fourth, we'll just go around the grounds and, and get some initial takes and some initial thoughts. Um, first game off the top of the ladder is Balcata 3, Sorrento 1. Um, Malcolm told us not to tip them to win. We all almost tipped them all to win, and they got the result. Like, what, what are your initial thoughts without seeing any of the goals or anything like that, that that you can make from that result for them? Well, the initial thoughts are is that it's not a surprise given their away form this season. That's five wins in six games on the road now. Um, whether they're suited to counter-attacking or whether it's just an anomaly on the, um, on the run of results so far this season is another thing. But um, what they really do... Um, do is is set up well clearly for these games on the road and um, obviously Sorrento haven't had the season that I'm sure they were anticipating going into the campaign obviously the late coaching change um, has maybe meant that there's been a few teething issues despite winning that opening game in such impressive fashion at Bayswater Um, but yeah, full credit to Glenn Grostate and, and to his team at Balcata who keep humming along very nicely. And I think Trent Kay got a rare goal today as well. So um, a very a very good performance from Balcata and it moves them into the top four as a result. It's three wins in a row for them and it just shows you how much you can jump in this league by just giving a, a couple decent results back to back to back. Three wins in a row? Wow. Good stuff. So the PFP curse is broken is what I'm hearing. Yeah, the PFB curse is broken. Well, sorry, three wins in a row for them. Um, obviously, they lost to Armadale, but it's wins against Sorrento, wins against Murdoch, and wins against um, Perth. Oh, so we're including the cup we're including in the that cup, as yeah. well. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're in a great... Which was also away. Which was also an away was game. Also away. So they <laughs> haven't won at home, right? They've not taken the point at home. So they've, they've lost all their games at home? Yeah, it doesn't look good yeah. from home. Something's going on in that home cooking. Yeah, down there at yeah something going on. <laughs> so, something, something's up with that lasagna, right? <laughs> oh man! Well, look, and the uh, the other game um, we mentioned it before, and it's probably time to panic if you're out of Florida Athena. Josh, do you think it's time to panic for Florida Athena? Tommy might be selling all his stock at a loss. I reckon he I mean, was he was he was saying last week like he was just going to keep holding onto the stock. It, it had fallen pretty far, but five losses in a row for a team that won the sorry, league how last many? year. Five losses in a row, as in uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco. Exactly. I don't know what what does that mean. What did you just as say? in one, two, three, four, five? <laughs> no, five losses in a row. Five losses in a row. Five, which is. Just, just, just incredible when you think about the team was three and one a, a few weeks ago. They were, uh, they, they were, they were either on top or near the top of the league, and and they looked just like their own composed, confident, experienced selves. Um, I, I think a lot of people would have thought, you know, this was the opportunity going up against a Coburn team that a lot of people, and we talked about how bad our tipping was, and but I think everyone's tipping in this case was off. Uh, a lot of people had Coburn going down at the start of the year and you looked at this game and you thought well this is the opportunity really for Floriad to go correct whatever's been going wrong over the last few weeks a lot of their experienced players were back Ludo Boy was back in the starting lineup he's you know been a talisman for that team for years and you just wonder I mean one factor is that you know Friday's Eco scored another Another, another screamer, another like low XG goal where the coach is never ever going to be able to tell him not to shoot. Yeah, from it's like 40 Friday, don't again. do that. Friday, stop it. Friday, 
Right, and then and then it goes in. And you're almost like frustrated when it goes in as the coach say? because you're like, I keep telling him not to do that. He's so he must have I don't know what he scored like five or six goals on an xG of about combined xG of about point two this year. Yeah, it's crazy. It's but look quietly. Let's let's give Coburn some credit, right? Because quietly they're undefeated in four, including the cup, and they have one loss in seven in all competitions. So they've got four wins, two draws, one loss in their last seven games. So there's clearly something that's happening out there in Coburn. And again, they beat Red Star midweek. And the week before, they had a nil-nil draw against Sterling Macedonia. So they're, they're playing some really good stuff and they're making themselves really hard to beat. They, they are, I think, I think they're sixth right now. They're not too far off the top four spots. Yeah, well, you, but you were saying before we came on... You were saying before we came on the air as well, Kalichi, though, that like, if you take... If you take, like... Perth glory as a litmus test and you look at how close this league is like next week they could lose and be in the relegation playoff and they could win Josh and we'll, be get, in. we'll get to, we'll get to Perth glory in a second yeah, but, we'll- but, that's, but that's just how close this league is like I, I don't know you, you, it's, you still almost can't make anything out of what position a team is unless you know, you're Florid and you're maybe a bit worried or you're Bayswater and you're pretty happy with where you are right now but, but, but in saying that and I think you can you can attest to this as well Tommy in saying that we can only take what we've got from sample sizes and snapshots. And if I'm looking at Coburn and saying they've only had one loss in seven games, that's that's enough of a sample size to say that they're going in the right direction. And it's not necessarily that they're Jekyll Hyde, Jekyll Hyde, Jekyll Hyde. It's not like they're Armadale right now who are... But they're above Coburn, and that just goes to say how show how crazy the league is. Look, I think um, I think a lot of people had written Coburn off at the beginning of the season. They lost... Um, they lost Daniel Robinson, obviously, to Armadale. Um, and they were a team that looked a little bit short. Jesse Lazaro wasn't in the team for the start of the season either. Um, he got the winning goal against Red Star during the week as well. But um, And no, Harry, Harry O'Brien's O'Brien, yeah. obviously out as well. So, um, But what I suppose what Steve McDonald's done coming in is he's um, focused on structure and what you know you're going to get in a game against Coburn is they're not going to be completely out of it. They're going to stay in games. And when they do get the opportunities and and when someone like Friday does have the confidence to be able to take on shots from um, positions outside the box and, and, and chances arm, we know that Jesse Lazaro is very capable of those as well. Um, they are certainly capable of upsetting teams and they are especially good at home. I know they got... Um, I know they got... Um, a very good result on the road today, but they got a good points away at Sterling last week as well. So what they're doing is they're combining that usual good home form and they're actually translating that to the road now and getting some points there as well. So yeah, full credit to them um, for sure. And um, like I said, they're through to the cup through the last eight in the cup as well. And uh, yeah, they love that competition winners last year. Remember? Yeah, absolutely. And look, and you, and you mentioned that they're causing upsets and, and upsetting teams. Another upset that we saw this weekend was Olympic Kingsway zero Inglewood United four. This is one of this is this is the Perth Football Podcast curse where I put that broom emoji because it was an absolute sweep with every single person in our seven-person panel picking Olympic Kingsway and to lose 4-0 away from home against a team who were bottom of the league last week. At home. Kingsway were at home, right? Yeah, Kingsway were at home, but to lose 4-0, what like what happened? What like what what do we make of this? And they didn't have Domfe as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously I haven't I've seen a couple of the goals. I haven't seen the whole game. What we've seen from Kingsway across the whole season is that they have been sensitive to results like this where 
you know, they're, they're a ball-playing team. They play the ball out from the back, high possession. If you get caught in the ball in dangerous areas while you're doing that, and, and not saying that that's how every goal happened in this game, but that is the sort of game plan where, yes, you can have games where you go through and you smash teams 3-0, 4-0 because everything's clicking and it's on song. But if it's not clicking and uh, you, you, you're not able to put in that performance every single week, it is the sort of style of football which can make you vulnerable to teams. And I, I think we've seen a couple games this season where they've gone in and they've conceded you know, a, a hatful of goals. But at the same time, we've seen games where they've gone through and scored four or five as well. Look, we can't see um, what the formation looked like and how everything worked, but looking at the shape that they've got here on, on Squatty, they've got Chad Nielsen, Anthony Buffabusha, Shab McCullough, Rene Cassesa. Um I doubt it was a 4-4-2. I've never seen them play a 4-4-2 before. But yeah, like... It looks like they've changed some things up this week and it looks like it's kind of worked for them. Yeah, so I went and had a look at them in the Cup against Gosnells at home during the week and it was a pretty easy routine win for them. Um, they scored two goals within the space of two minutes and, and that was kind of everything on the table at that point. Um, but obviously with Michael Domfe away, they were playing Chad Nielsen through the middle. He's a player who's really quick and he's really capable Super of, fast. of stretching defences and, and pulling players out of position. So we'll have to go back and have a look at the tape to see to see how the goals came about. I saw Dors Choll got a couple of goals for Inglewood today. He's a very good, consistent midfield player. Nice finish for Shub McCullough for the third as well, curling strikes. So um, they still do have those players. Um, but as we mentioned, um, I think during the flagship podcast on Monday when you do have a player like Michael Domfe who's brought in as the off-season recruits and the player that you want to build your whole attack around um, for him to suddenly go missing there is going to be that readjustment period um, mm-hmm. and it seems as though given the 3-0 win during the week and the 4-0 win today that maybe this is an opportunity for them to, to turn the corner and it's the first of three away games they've got in a row I think they'll be really happy about the nil part as well because I think, especially in this league, if you can, and you can see it with Coburn, if you can prevent yourself from conceding goals and conceding cheap goals, anything can happen in this league. And one nil, as I like to say, one nil is plenty. And if you can get that one nil and you've got pace on the pace to burn with Casesa and with Nilsson, you can easily get that second one as well. They've got some experienced defenders in their team. I mean none more experienced than the goalkeeper Alex Dunn who's who's been around the leagues for a very long time but Joe Marino Rob Del Borello these are players who have been in the MPLWA men's competition for, for quite a long time and, and Kieran Salinger was back in the team today as well in the heart of defence he, he came back from injury in the midweek game against Gosnells and um, played 90 minutes today I understand so that'll be a boost as well for them getting them fit and, and yeah like I said they were bottom of the league but they were only five points off second coming into today so it just goes to show how quickly it can turn and um, they'll be looking to take plenty of confidence from that result going forward the other score that we are going to do we're going to bypass this one and we're going to do a deep dive into it on our flagship show on Monday which you'll hear on Tuesday um, is Perth SC3 Armadale 4 because it's got some naughty boys in there two red cards <laughs> we forgot to mention the well, we did mention the naughty boy in Basel but there's two red cards in there but Armadale end up getting the win 4-3 despite having two red cards uh, one of them was like the whole second half as well yeah the, um, looking into the information they had the, the red card in the 44th minute and there's a goal in the 46th 45th minute so I'm going to assume that that might have been a penalty or something like that or, or an incident in, in that situation so we're going to go in there find out what's happened and of course the, the big news coming out if you haven't heard um, is that 
Mark and Dale Wignall aren't part of the coaching staff at Perth anymore. So we want to do a deep dive on that on Monday. Um, and I was at Sterling Macedonia, Perth Glory. I only caught the second half after doing some coaching. Um, but from speaking to some people there, it was just a bad day at the office for, for Perth Glory. They tried to do the transition game that they usually do, but they just came up against a, a very, very physical Sterling Macedonia side who kind of won those duels that were there, made the transition game that that Perth Glory usually feed off a little bit more difficult. Um, and they had a cracking free kick to make it 2-0 and then scored a third not soon after that. Um, the first half was dominated again from from what I heard the first half was dominated by Sterling they could have really shut that game down so they'll be this, they'll be delighted again I think it's um, four games without a loss for them at the moment as well they're starting to get results and even results in the cup how many of those are clean sheets because they're really sturdy at the back again this year I mean that's 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 a that's a big time kind of feature for for that side right any any team coached um, they had the joint best defense in the league with Red Star coming into today's game. So they are exactly what they were last season. The watertight at the back. They've got some very good players in that defense. Um, it was just that final third that was my concern going into the season. But with the coach of Ian Ferguson's experience, I was always going to back him to be able to find that formula. And the thing for me that is ominous as far as the rest of the league concerned is I don't think Sterling have truly clicked into gear yet. And they're, and they're second in the league and um, and are looking pretty good and pretty resilient. One loss in seven, three goals conceded, uh, if that's the stat that you're looking for. And the key thing for them is they're now scoring goals as well. Three goals today, five goals midweek, uh, four, four, goals, four goals against Perth as well. Um, so they, they, they look pretty good. We have an interview with um, Calvin Whitney and Kay Fennell, both former Glory Youth players as well. So got a chat with them to, to, to give you that you can listen to and get a chance to see what it was like for them to, see, to play against a team that they grow, grew up and cut their teeth playing with. Perth Football Podcast out here at Macedonia Park following a resounding win for Sterling Macedonia. 3-0 uh, victory. Shout out to the person who couldn't play because he was suspended for the last man tackle last week watching us. Um, but I'm joined with two former Perth Glory players, um, Calvin Whitney and Kate Fernal. Guys, what's it like to get this result? It's been... What, four, four good results on the bounce now, undefeated in four. You're trying to pick up wins, you're picking up points. It's got to feel good to be one point off the top of the league. Yeah, it definitely feels good, right? Um, I think on the last couple of games, we're struggling to score goals, keeping clean sheets and all of that, but good to get three goals in today. And look, from, from your perspective, Cade, there was a bunch of chances in this game. So what's the message coming through to you? Because I think it was about eight or nine um, clear-cut chances that you guys had in that first half and second half as well. Yeah, definitely. We're definitely creating chances. Uh, we just, that finishing touch, really, we've getting in the back of the net. Uh, it'll come soon, definitely, but as long as we're creating those chances, then, yeah, it's positive take to take from the game. Well, look, that's plenty of good things to take from a game where you've got plenty of chances that you can take and you still win 3-0. So that's going to be a really good feeling. And again, for yourself as well, um, you're now getting a regular run of games into the squad. Um, big signing coming in from last season one of the signings that we tipped to, to have a huge impact this year as well what's it like to be getting regular minutes and keeping Soseski out of the team yeah no of course um, good mates are down but uh, of course I want to keep my starting position in the team uh, yeah it was a tough pre-season obviously being injured the whole time but yeah it's good to get back in the team and get fit as again and yeah just to be getting all the minutes in awesome it's good and for the both of you but I'll speak to you first Calvin um, 
both former Perth Glory youth players, so you know the style of play. You know exactly what's you going on. Macedonia. What? Macedonia. Macedonia. My fault. Sorry. Sterling Macedonia. I'll get my pronunciations right soon. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, you're, you're, you're playing against both of you, playing against teams that you were part of the setup growing up in. Does it feel bittersweet or are you just going out there doing what the older players did to you? Or is like, let's just kick the crap out of these guys and see if they can hack it? Yeah, well, we, we try to play the same sort of football. We try to be ticker-tacker, but unfortunately, 10 years on, I don't have the lungs anymore. So we try to keep the ball as much as possible. And, you know, with glory, always they got the ball 80% of the time, right? So you're just chasing the ball. So I'll just let Kay do that. I'll let him chase, win the ball back, and I'll try what I can and do what I can do up top. The big difference, of course, is it's it's three o'clock kickoffs and you're playing for points, right? So how's how's that mentality change impacted both of you? Okay, you you can answer it if you want. Um, how's that mentality change impacted both of you? Because again, you guys are getting the dirty work done and getting big time results. Yeah, of course, uh, we want to win every game, but um, yeah, obviously you still want to play well and keep the ball, keep the like play good football, but. Obviously, as long as we're winning the game, that's the most important thing, which we did today. So, yeah, I'd say as much as Glory do play good football, I thought we done well to at least give them a game and half match them today. Nice. And look, you're, you're both, last one from me, is, is this one's for Calvin. You're now one point off top. Again, still early in the season, but you know how crazy this league has been with some of the tips that we've picked out to, to win games, not even going near it. Um, Olympic Kingsway losing 4-0 to Inglewood. Um, Perth and Floriot both being in the bottom two right now as well, things that no one would have tipped. So what's the key message that's been said to you guys or that you want to send out to your teammates? As you know, it's still early, what, nine games into the season as well. Yeah, of course. From top to bottom, it's really close, right? It's a bit of a strange season this year. You know, we're just trying to take it game by game and trying to collect the points, right? Give us the cliches. Yeah, Love exactly, the cliches. right? So try to play our style of football, you know, get in people's faces, play good football, try retain possession and try to get some goals at it. So exciting times. You know, I'm very confident about the league. I think the position that we're in now, we can actually go on and fingers crossed, you know, get in that top four and even win it. Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Congratulations on the 3-0 win and look forward to seeing you play other teams as well. Thank you. Cheers. All right, boys, any final things to add? What a cracking day of football. Anything to add from yourselves? Any, any things that we needed to mention, didn't mention, or things to look out for in the following days before the flagship podcast? I just think that, uh, you know, previous years we may have been going into a bit of shoulder season in the middle of the uh, MPL men's competition where it sort of, you know, it gets a bit same-same through the middle of the year, but it's so tightly packed and, and so so close particularly in that middle of the middle of the uh, the ladder that I don't think there's any game that isn't meaningful at this point well look uh, uh, you, you, you alluded to it earlier and I can talk about it now uh, Perth Glory uh, sitting in seventh place right now they've got 13 points uh they are four points off top of the league and also four points from bottom of the league so that is how tight the league is right now where you could get again it's still the same for athena you get three wins in the trot and you might be top of the league depending on how all the other results go which is insane to think about tommy might have to buy his athena stock back uh, look, five losses in a row is very concerning, and they're bottom of the league. Um, I don't think anybody would have had them in Perth as the bottom two coming into the season, no. so it's it's wild. Um, there's a lot of water to go under the bridge, but 
yeah, we, we just love it, don't we? It's super exciting and... Um, yeah, let the twists and turns continue. We're past the th- we're, we're third of the season in right now, right? Yeah, we're almost uh, yeah easily. Seven games or nine of twenty-two. Yeah, nine of twenty-two. Jeez, anyone good at quick fractions? Sean would have gotten it by now. So Sean. Um, but yeah, we're cool. sorry, are we getting the explicit tag back again? <laughs> no, we're just going to put the bleep in. Thanks, Josh. Um, but yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy weekend of fixtures as well. I'm, I'm so looking forward to just seeing how everything pans out. And we're going to have um, some games tomorrow as well. Tommy, you're going to be covering the Women's League, aren't you? Where are you going to be tomorrow? I'm at Doran Garden. So fourth versus fifth, Perth versus Fremantle City. Big game. Um, It'll be two really sides we thought would be in a top four as well. Absolutely. It'd be really interesting to see how Perth respond from that defeat to Balcata last time. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether any of their players, Ellie Lamont or Gemma Crane, are back. Um, I think that'll be very interesting to see because they certainly missed them last week. And Fremantle City were in good form before losing 3-2 against Red Star. I don't think that's a necessarily a poor result at all um, but obviously they'll be wanting to bounce back after a slowish start to the season um, all eyes on the top of the table clash though Red Star versus Mum FC um, that was a really impressive performance from Mum FC on Wednesday night um, and um, they'll go into that game full of confidence against the league's top team and that's again to, to, to mirror the men's I don't think any of us would have had Mum FC second after as many games uh, sorry after eight games played this season it's it's truly wild and you're off to a women's game as well tomorrow Kalicha I understand yeah I am I'm going to be at the Curtin and Subiaco game of course this is a game that was historic for Subiaco the last time they played where they scored the most goals in the MPLW history um, overtaking the record which they held for the most goals conceded um, in the MPLW those are the ones you really like if, if you want to get rid of a record you got to do it yourself you got to do, you? you do it yourself you got to sniff it I still remember um, the funniest part of the game in the, in the away fixture um, was when Greg looked at Maz and was like Maz you're going up front I was like sorry what what are you doing yeah I'm putting her up front we're already up I think they were up like 9-0 at the time um, but I th- but I think yeah foot on the pedal but I think it'll be interesting because it'll it'll give a really decent gauge of how far Kern have come I know that they were looking at making some transfers at the time and this could be an opportunity to see because the transfer window is open in the women's league an opportunity to see if those transfers have come across and what they look like now especially from that previous time so um, I don't know I want to set the over under at what eight and a half um, not a gambling person but also it'll be You're interesting not a gambling person no, over under eight and a half. Um, but it would be interesting to see about that Mum FC game as well because they looked superb against the NTC. And good thing there's not one moron of us who put them in the relegation zone uh, in their preseason picks. That's me. Uh, you, wait, you had them going down? Yeah, it was it was it was it was more of like a loyalty pick because you know we they 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 had a previous coach, previous coach that we liked, who was a friend of ours. And they're not coaching there anymore. And I was like, ah, I don't think they'll be that good without the coach. And it turns out, no, they're even better without the coach. So, uh, Tom, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. I, uh, Are you going to be anywhere tomorrow, Josh? I am going to be playing a game for Maccabi out at Hammersley. Don't get hammered by Hammersley, mate. I really hope we don't. We're doing all right so far. So hopefully I haven't just put the PFP curse on us. First team? First, yeah, first team. Yeah. First team. 
Good job. Well, look, I uh, got to put the PFP mockers on you, not the knockers, but the PFP mockers on you. <laughs> that's, that, that's 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 what we call a a, a callback. That's go, go go back through the feed, find the feed, find the feed. Um, we've got. Oh, also, we also reached ten thousand downloads. Uh, I tried to Madness. figure out. Crazy, crazy. I tried to figure out. It it must be the num the, the numbers must be flying up because we've got terrific raving reporters like you around the grounds, Kalichi. It's all the raves, mate. We're all <laughs> we're all we're all the raving rave and the rage and the roving. Um, but yeah, we also had ten thousand downloads last um, confirmed last week. So thank you all to all of our listeners as well. Uh, keep enjoying it because in a couple of weeks you won't be able to. I'm saying this right now. In a couple of weeks you won't be able to access the full time whistle podcast because that'll be behind a paywall. We're going to get that. We're going to get that up and running um, to start the second half of the season. So from week 13 onwards, you'll be getting the full-time whistle through our Patreon. And we'll also give you access to some of the interviews that we are going to have midweek as well. So we're going to do more. And we've already set the price. The price will be $5 a month. So the equivalent of buying one of us a coffee a month, you get to have an extra four episodes at least of the full-time whistle and to potential other sneaky interviews as well. We've got some really good ideas of what we're looking at doing, and we want to thank you all for continuing to listen and to support as well. So uh, any more for any more, Josh? Well, I, I spend a lot on coffee, so if anybody wants to also spend $5 on coffee... For me personally, a month, I would appreciate that as well. I think we should also say what's happening next week on the full-time whistle because that'll be like, that'll be one of the last ones uh, b- before we hopefully get all of your support to keep doing the great work that you, well, hopefully you think we're doing. But uh, Tommy and Sean are here uh, are heading all the way down south to Sean's mama's country down in Albany. Kalichi won't be on the full-time whistle because uh, he's already got some plans. What are you doing next Saturday? Uh, we've got Peel away. So we're playing that game on a Saturday night, which means that I will be incredibly inebriated, which also means that you won't get the uh, full-time whistle as you as you usually do first thing on a Sunday morning you might get it Sunday afternoon you might get it Monday I've got no idea but you will get it full time hangover full time hangover for sure Tommy any more for any more no that's just about it Um, worth mentioning that Western Knights won in the last minute today and Mandra won again I understand and and Fremantle City dropped points so um, the Division 1 title race also hotting up we need to get out there and see some Division 1 people as well but also yes massive thank you to Macron for all of the support that they have been giving us thank you so much to BR Therapy and Massages you have been terrific as our newest sponsor so make sure you reach out to them with the code PFP20 23 I'm pretty sure it is 2023 um, and get yourself a little bit of a discount on that we'll be giving out our player of the game tomorrow um, at the Curtin and Subiaco game so that should be great but thank you all for listening Tommy what's going to be the score tonight for Leeds we play tomorrow against Josh's West Ham so because we're playing Josh's West Ham 6-0 Leeds I reckon you guys beat them as well because they've had one eye on the conference leagues. Take care, everybody. All the best and enjoy the show. Bonne nuit. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.